Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. I am so glad that you're joining us again for Growing in Grace. Welcome back. Glad you're here. And I want to talk to you today about earning a degree in decision-making. You know, I was reading an article that said there are 295 different degrees, or you could call them majors, that people could, uh, you know, get a degree in at a university. So I got to thinking, well, I wonder out of those 295, are any of those about making decisions? I thought, you know, that's so important that those who are graduated from high school or those who graduate from a university, that they know how to make major decisions. I just feel like that's a very important thing in life. So uh, that's what today is going to be about. I thought to myself, one of the best guys that could teach on that subject is a man named Paul. He made decisions constantly. And if you look across the the whole breadth of the uh, New Testament, you would see this guy made really wise decisions. So why don't we let him be our professor and he's going to give us an education as he's getting ready to leave a city named Ephesus. And so I want you to uh, join me as I read uh, Acts chapter 19. We'll begin with verse 20 and uh, we're going to go down through verse 23. So about four verses. So it's not long but just several different ideas hit my mind in terms of uh, graduates and what kind of things that I could be praying for them, or if I ever got a chance to just sit down with them and say, here's what I would want you to remember in terms of making uh, good decisions in your life. So anyway, this is uh, what happened in Acts 19, beginning in verse 20. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Now, after these things, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. So just a few verses there for us to consider and for us to just observe, to come alongside of this man who definitely had learned how to make good decisions in his life. And then now, as we watch perhaps children or grandchildren, friends, uh, other relatives that are in the family, Uh, making this important transition in their lives of graduation, what, what would we say or what could we pray for them? Here's the first thing I noticed. How about reminding them to stay dedicated to the truth of God's word, to stay dedicated to the truth of God's word? Unfortunately, the statistics tell us that many times whenever someone graduates from high school, even though they were raised in a church, 
and studied God's word the whole time, were active in a youth group, when they go off to college, for some reason, they drop off the grid. We don't see them. Lots of them uh, begin to fall away whenever they go through their college university years. But here in verse 20, we see something that's headed in the opposite direction. Instead of going down, it's going up. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily, is what it says in verse 20. You see, of course, this verse is referring to numerical regional impact, right? More people were coming to know the Lord and the word of the Lord was spreading among more and more people. But why couldn't we say that that verse also could be something we would pray over a graduate that the word of the Lord would continue to increase in their life and prevail mightily in their life? A long time ago, one of my mentors named Waylon B. Moore told me, if you will take care of the depth of your life, then God will take care of the breadth of your influence. I never forgot him saying that. Let's pray that all of our graduates would continue to increase the amount of God's word and then to also decrease their own self-appointed decisions and so forth, but to decrease under the authority of God's word. In other words, to allow the word of God to prevail mightily in their life, in their thinking, in their attitudes, in their actions, to say, Lord, help me to be controlled and led by the truths of your word. I love that verse, verse 20. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. So let's do it. Let's pray. Every day, rather than getting less of an intake of God's word, let's pray that they increase the intake of God's word day by day. Let's also pray that they would say, okay, rather than me making all these decisions in the flesh by myself without ever even reading God's word or praying and asking God for what he thinks about this decision, help me to decrease and let the word of God increase mightily in my life, to actually be to the point where it prevails mightily in my life, to say, Lord, your word is the authority for my standards. Well, there's a second thing that I would pass along to those that are graduating and going to be facing lots of decisions out there in the future, and that is discernment. Discernment of the transitions. You know, it says in verse 21, the first four, ver four words in this verse says, now after these events, now after these events, it's a reference to timing. When these things took place, they took place after these events. So if you were to go back in chapter 19 and read about it, you would see the events were, well, there were some disciples of John the Baptist that Paul had ministered to and helped them understand better. Verses 8 through uh, 10, you would see that he was there in Ephesus and was speaking in the synagogue, and he began to transfer from there over to this uh hall of Tyrannus. And so there he taught the word of God. And it says that even all of the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks, in just a short period of time, two years. That would be incredible. And it goes on to say extraordinary miracles, things only God could do were happening by the hands of Paul. 
But then later, as it gets in here, right before these verses that we're reading, it talks about people coming under conviction and realizing, you know what? I need to get rid of this sin in my life. I need to confess my sin. And if there's anything causing me to sin, I need to burn it. I need to get it out of my life. So they were burning their magic books and their magic books were worth, well, some say today it'd be almost $10,000. So anyway, quite a quite an amazing turn of events. A lot of transitions were happening already in Ephesus, but isn't it amazing that this man named Paul, he says, now after these events, and of course, what's going to happen, he's going to sense that the Lord's telling him, you're going to go from Ephesus somewhere else. And so I just thought, you know, he was aware of God's timing in his life. He was aware of what was taking place around him. You know, uh, Ecclesiastes 3 verses 1 through 8 talks about there is a time for every season. There's all these different seasons that God allows in our lives. You know, I can remember a season when I was single. I can remember a season when I was studying at uh, university and then at seminary. I can remember a season when there was only my wife and I. We were uh, married and just enjoying life and serving the Lord together. There was a season where we uh, adopted children and we had two girls. Uh, there was a season when we were in one location and then in another, a season where we were in missions and starting from scratch, and then a season where we were in an established church, uh, pastoring and feeding and training and so forth. Just amazing how there's this reality that life, it doesn't stay still. The seasons change, just like we have the changing of the seasons with the spring and the summer, the fall and the winter. It's the same in life. It's a reality. But then also to notice the authority over the changing of seasons. You know, just a few chapters back in chapter one of Acts, it's amazing in verse seven how the disciples were saying, hey, is this when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said this to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the father is fixed by his own authority. So the Lord's the one who determines what season it's going to be. So we have to learn to be wise and discerning, to recognize the changing of seasons, to have that kind of discernment. You know, in David's life, when he was being crowned king, it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32, there were men of Issachar. That was one of the tribes of Israel, men of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. I love that. So let's pray for graduates that they would have discernment whenever God is changing the seasons in their life. Another one would be the determination for traction. You know, um, if someone decides, okay, if God's in charge of the seasons, then I don't have to do a thing. I can just sit here uh, in my room. I can just sit on my bed. I can just sit in this recliner. I can just go and you know, have fun all day and, you know, drink lattes all day. Well, no, wait a minute. We have to have determination in life or we're never going to get traction and move forward. It says in verse 21, now, after these events, Paul resolved, he resolved. 
You know that word resolved is a Greek word, ethito. It means he purposed. He settled it in his mind. You know, I believe that in order to obtain traction, we're going to have to have something on the inside of us that says, you know what, I'm going to make my life count for something important. I think that's an internal thing. And of course, it begins with determination, but when it, when it comes out, you know what maintains traction in life? Diligence, diligence. And so we can pray for young people that they would have this hunger that would produce effort and that would produce not only effort, but endurance, and they would hang in there. Have you ever heard about the little cute animal named a sloth? He looks so cute. I mean, you see him and you think, how adorable. Those tree-dwelling creatures in Central and South America are amazing. But don't forget, although they're cute, they never move maybe 40 yards a day. And most of the day, you know what they're doing? They're sleeping 15 to 20 hours a day. They just sleep. So is that going to get them anywhere in life? Are they going to get any traction? Nope. And I think the way God designed a sloth, he's okay with that. But all I'm saying is, for us, for human beings, God's put something within us. And we should say, you know what? I want my life to count for God, for his kingdom. I want to make an impact on my world. So let's pray that our young people will always do that. I saw in this same verse 21, an additional point that I think I need to mention, and that is direction along the trail. Let's say that somebody says, I'm going down this trail in life, but I need help. I need guidance. Where are we going to get that kind of guidance? Well, let's look back at our uh, mentor here, Paul, and see what he says. Now, after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit. There you go. He resolved in the spirit. He was making his decisions by the guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit in his life. You know, in Acts 16, verses 6 through 8, Paul started to go one way. Nope, that's not the right way. The Holy Spirit put somehow in his heart. So then he tries to go in another direction. That's not the right way either. So Paul pulls back in a place called Troas. He seeks the Lord and the Lord made it clear. You're to go to Troas. But how, I mean, you're to go to Macedonia. How did he know that? Well, I think it was just the Holy Spirit. You know, I was thinking about the book of Acts is so clear on that. In Acts 8, for example, there's a, a man named Philip and the Holy Spirit leads him to share the gospel with an Ethiopian. There's a man named Peter who's led to go and share the gospel with a man named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, verses 19 to 20. And how did Paul know he was supposed to go on these mission trips? Well, Paul and Barnabas were called, it says in Acts 13, verses 2 through 4, by the Holy Spirit. I think that the Holy Spirit still will guide people even in our day if we would just simply say, Lord, I need you to help me with these important decisions that are going on in my life. But one thing I think we can get in our mind is we can begin to think, well, I've already got the destination. I know where I'm going in life. I know where I'm going. I know what the target is. So here's another thing that I think is important from verse 21. Listen to Paul. He says, resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. Did you catch all those destinations? 
you know, he knows he wants to go to Jerusalem, but there's some other destinations that are on his radar. And I think they should be on our radar as well. I saw three different kinds of places that God may lead us to have in our plans and our thinking and so forth. So we can pray these for young people. For example, how about Macedonia and Achaia? I would say that there are some places that we're just going to pass through. We're going to be there for one year, for two years, maybe four years. We'll be there for a while, but the Apostle Paul knew I'm only passing through Macedonia and Achaia. I want you to know that's all right to have these places that you're thinking, okay, I'm just going to be passing through this place. I don't sense within myself that this is the final place for me at all. But then there's a place of priority. He knows he needs to get to Jerusalem. He's been collecting an offering from all of these churches, all these Gentile churches, and he needs to get that offering back to Jerusalem because they were going through a famine and he was given all these offerings. And so he's like, I know it's my priority to get back over there to Jerusalem to deliver this offering so that those who are suffering and uh, starving, that they can have something to eat. It was a priority for him. And that's okay to have that priority in your in your life, in your heart, on your mind. We can also pray, though, that people would say, well, it's my priority for this year to do this, but then here's my plan. I have a plan to go to Rome, is what Paul was saying. And so he was going to go to Jerusalem first. That was his priority. He knew he's going to go through Macedonia and Achaia just on his way to Jerusalem, but he had this plan. Someday I would sure like to get to Rome. And you know what? He made it. He did get over there. I think it's okay for uh, young people to, to allow the Lord to place within their heart a plan. It's like God puts something in there and they're thinking, okay, I know it's down the road and it's not going to be immediately, but this is definitely on the, on the radar screen for me. I thought that verse 22 holds another lesson. And I really want the young people to get this one because I think it's important. He says, and having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus. Here's another thing I hope that young people today will have in their mind. I hope that they will have a devotion to training, to continued learning throughout their whole life. Yes, maybe they were in the youth group when they were in high school. Maybe they were in the college uh, ministry when they were uh, at university. But now is the learning over? Are they going to stop going to church? Are they going to set their Bible aside? Or are they going to say, no, you know what? I'm going to keep learning. And so I want to encourage everyone that's listening to say something to maybe daughters, to sons, to granddaughters, to grandsons, to say to them, you know, you need to keep a mentor, kind of like a Barnabas type guy that's going to encourage you and coach you in your life. But also I want to encourage you now that you've learned many things as you've gone through high school or as you've gone through university, I want to encourage you to put to use some of those life lessons you've already learned, some of those uh, scripture verses you've already learned. You know, there might be an opportunity for you to serve in a vacation Bible school, to serve in a church uh, youth ministry or something like that, to, to just kind of knock on a few of the doors that God has placed in your life and to look for ways that you can still be a part of discipling 
of developing future leaders, of delegating responsibilities, and hopefully, just like Paul here with Timothy and Erastus, to actually see them deployed, see them sent out, see them go forward with what God uh, has in their mind. I think the worst thing that could happen for a young person who's growing up in a church is for them to have all these people that pour into their lives uh, in Sunday school, uh, in the youth ministry, and in student ministry, and so forth. And then when they join a church, they just go and sit on a pew, and they don't do anything. They don't impact anyone's life. No, listen, stay devoted to training. That's who helped you get to where you are. When I was sitting in a, a missionary appointment service, I remember the man saying, if you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know good and well he didn't get up there all by himself. There's no turtle that can climb up a fence post. So somebody set that turtle on top of that fence post. And you know what? When I heard that man say that at that missionary appointment service, I began to weep. And I thought about my parents. I thought about Sunday school teachers and deacons and so many professors and others that had just poured into my life, even friends that were peers. And I thought, thank you, God, for those who have helped me to get to where I am today. So all I'm saying is, don't forget that. You didn't get to where you are by yourself. So keep on passing those lessons along. What is it we say today? Pay it forward. Why don't we pay it forward? Why don't we stay connected in service and ministry somewhere, somehow? Well, how about this one? Verse 22 says, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. Sort of like what I was saying about the seasons, we need to realize that the duration within any territory, it's constantly changing. He stayed in Asia for a while. You know, in chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, Paul says he stayed in Ephesus two years. But if you were to go back one chapter to chapter 18, verse 11, he stayed in Corinth only a year and a half. If you were to go forward one chapter into chapter 20, Paul says he stayed in Greece two to three months. Now, is that fair? How come he stayed in Greece two to three months and yet he was in Corinth, you know, for a year and a half? Why did he stay in Corinth a year and a half, but he stayed in Ephesus two years? You know what? Tenure is God's, that's God's department. We just need to stay in step with God, no matter how long it takes, no matter how short it is, we just need to stay in step with God. And so I pray that these uh, young graduates will learn to say, okay, Lord, the duration will be as long as you want me in this territory. One last lesson I want to point out from verse 23. It'd be easy to leave it out, but I wanted to put it in there because I think it's real life. About that time, there arose no little disturbance concerning the way. You ever had a plan and you ever felt like this is what I'm going to do? And then all of a sudden something disturbs that plan. Something changes that plan. You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, makes us a promise. And what it says is that God will cause all things to work together for good to those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. I will never forget as a teenager, I had an aunt and an uncle who lived in New Orleans. I'll never forget one time they said, let's go walking down this street, you know? And so they took us down uh, Bourbon Street and there were all these artists. And I remember one of those artists was drawing caricatures, caricatures where they'll draw your face, right? 
and sometimes they exaggerate a certain a certain part or whatever. But there was one that was drawing these uh, these neat pictures with a pencil, and I thought that's amazing. And you know what was so amazing? He would say to those that would stand at his uh, stand there and ask him to uh, draw their picture, he would say, "Give me a number between one and nine. And so they would give him a, n- a number. Well, actually, he said zero to nine, zero to nine. So they would give him a number. And you know what he would do? He would draw their picture regardless of what they gave him. I mean, they give him a number two. They give him number three. They give him a big zero. It doesn't matter. That's the same way with God, don't you know? No matter what life gives to you, just remember, God can make something out of that, something really beautiful. Do you remember a guy named Joseph in the Old Testament? You know, his brothers were mean to him. For about 23 years of his life, it was pretty hard going. But at the end of his life, here's what Joseph said to his brothers who had sold him into slavery. Joseph said to them, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You know what? God's able to take all those hard things in your life and make something really amazing, something redemptive come through there. How about the Apostle Paul himself? Not here in Acts, but how about in Galatians 4, verse 13? He tells the people of Galatia, do you guys remember when I first brought the gospel to you and why it was? He says in Galatians 4, 13, you know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. How about that? I bet it wasn't fun having that that bodily ailment, but that's exactly the bridge that God used to take the gospel to Galatia. I bet they were so thankful that God did that. Even though it was tough on Paul, I bet later he was also grateful for that opportunity. You know, if we're gonna earn a degree in decision-making, then we're gonna have to stay in God's word and let him speak to us. We're going to have to learn to discern transitions. We're going to have to have determination to keep the traction going. We're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit for direction along the trail because there may be several destinations on the way to that target that he's placed within us. They're not sidetracks. There's no wasted time in God's economy. And then there's devotion to training. He's going to use us everywhere he takes us. And there's also the duration. It'll never maybe be the same. You know, maybe you'd say, well, I was four years at this college. I was four years in high school. You may not be four years at the next place. We just don't know. And then there's those disturbances, those things that we wouldn't have counted on and we certainly wouldn't have welcomed them into our lives. And yet, maybe that's what it was all about. You know, Paul earlier uh, told us, right, that God wanted him to go to Jerusalem but here he's still staying there in Ephesus. Why did Paul leave Ephesus at this time? You know what it was? An outbreak of persecution. It kind of nudged him. It was like the Holy Spirit was saying to Paul, okay, Paul, it's time for you to move on. Remember, you've got to get over there to Jerusalem. And so by the next chapter, he's moving on. You know, ask God to help our graduates to stay on track with him and stay in step with him in all their decision-making. Thanks so much for uh, listening today to Growing in Grace. Pray that God will bless you. 
Let me close in a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your amazing will. We don't always understand it, but we can rest in it that you have a purpose. You have a plan. Even though we can't see it always, it's there. So anyway, thank you, Lord, so much for guiding my friends. I pray you would especially guide younger generations. We want them to find your will. We want them to live in the center of your will. So bless each one as they go through the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us at Growing Grace. I pray that God will bless you. See you next time. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.